Without further ado, we're going to go ahead and start in our meeting. And today is a um, part two, which is basically a little revision. And then we're going to move on to our questions, you know, and make it interesting. And also, Sister Zulifa, have you um, covering some revision of some of her Rabbana Dua? And I think she will do three today, inshallah, be easy in Now, so without further ado, we're going to start with the praying. First, we thank Allah for this beautiful gathering. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Uh, excuse me, sister. Naam. Excuse me, sister. Um, while you guys guys doing that, let me catch my Zohar prayer, okay? Uh, so I will be on, but I will be mute, okay? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Mama Ji, for letting us know. Zakallah, okay? Naam. Naam. So, um, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Wassalatu wassalam ala rasulillah amma ba'd. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Today, inshallah, we will be continuing our series, like I said earlier, of what Muslim women need to know in terms of uh, their faith, their religion, practice, and faith. And uh, today's topic will be um, the virtue of the being patient, of being patient at the time of calamity. And this is the part two of our previous presentation uh, last week. And this uh, side of the presentation, we focus more on um, the will, the shortest will and what is a will and stuff like that. And also, Sister Muzanza will share some in depth about the surah in the Quran when Allah really mentioned what to do in terms of uh, calamity. Now, Without further ado, I would like to introduce our beautiful sister, Sister Umu Zamzam. Umu Zamzam, salamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you, Sister Nahila, for that wonderful and amazing introduction. Uh, we will be reviewing the virtue of being patient at the times of calamities, but our focus today will be on your stories and a review of examples of will and testaments, and we'll be looking to hear your stories. So we already had given the opening dua, but I will say Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. And the book that we will be referring to today is Important Lessons for Muslim Women, Chapter 12. The two topics that we'll be going over is funerals, offering condolences, death announcements, mourning. And then the bulk of the conversation for today will be the Islamic will and testament. I have two resources for you, two Islamic resources. The virtue of being patient at times of calamity and what should be said when calamity befalls, we can take a look at the Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayah 155. And Allah Azawajal, he says, and we will surely test you with something of fear and hunger and a loss of wealth and lives and fruits, but give good tidings to the patient. So this is a guarantee. This is a promise from Allah Azawajal that he will test us. He will test us with our lives, along with loss of wealth, hunger, fear, food, but give good tidings to the patient. He will give good tidings to the patient. 
In the Quran, Surah 47, Ayah 51, Allah says, and we will surely test you until we make evident those who strive among you for the cause of Allah and the patient, and we will test your affairs. So he repeats himself and reaffirms what he said in Surah Tabakarah in the Surah number 47, Ayah number 51. Another ayah to take note of is chapter 33, ayah number 35. Indeed, the Muslim men and women, the believing men and women, the obedient men and women, the truthful men and women, the patient men and women, the humble men and women, the charitable men and women, the fasting men and women, the men who guard their private parts and the women who do so, and the men who remember Allah often, and the women who do so, for Allah has prepared forgiveness and a great reward. MashaAllah, we definitely wanna be among the winners. So when calamity strikes us, what should we say? This dua, inna lahi, inna lahi wa rajiun, inna lahi wa inna lahi rajiun, when disaster strikes them, say, indeed, we belong to Allah, and indeed, to him we will return. We have no doubts whatsoever that when we transition from this earth, that the real life begins. We will return to Allah as our job. And he says that in Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayah 156, this is the dua, the istirja, that we should say when calamity befalls. Or we hear of a Muslim when they have transitioned, this is the dua that we can say, and it's in the Quran. So there's a reward. Allah says, there's a reward. They are the ones who receive Allah's blessings and mercy, and it is them who are rightly guided. So then again, this surah, Baqarah, ayah number 157, reaffirms what Allah said in surah Baqarah, ayah 155. Solace when losing loved ones, the fiqh of weeping for the deceased, prohibition of the wailing, laminating, screaming, tearing one's clothes. A lot of what God talks about, you know, the women who do these things, and obviously these things are not permissible. They are prohibited. The Muslim woman should be patient. She should seek a reward when she loses one of her loved ones, especially her sons and daughters. Although this is a calamity in the world, it should be one of the means of salvation in the hereafter and one of the means of protection from the fires. The Prophet Muhammad said, as narrated by Abu Sa'id al-Qudri, he said, the women said to the Prophet Muhammad that the men have taken all your time set aside a day for us when we can meet with you. So he set aside a day when he would meet with them and exhort them and teach them. One of the tidings that he said to them was, there is no woman among you who sends ahead three of her children, but they will be a screen for her against the fire. And the woman said, and two? He said, and two. It was narrated by 
Mahmoud ibn Labi, that Jabir ibn Abdullah said, I heard the messenger of Allah say, if three of a person's children die and he seeks a reward by bearing the loss with patience, he will enter paradise. We said, O messenger of Allah, and two, and he said, and two. Muslim women should note that when losing a loved one or when death befalls a relative of a child, it is not permissible to make excessive outward display of grief. I know we're human, we, we have feelings and we're emotions, uh, you know, we're people of emotions, that's who we are as human beings, but the wailing, the lamenting, the striking of the cheeks, tearing clothes, shaving the head, tearing out the hair and other manifestations of the same, are haram, there's a prohibition. Um, there are some cultures that practice this. There are some cultures that hire people to come to a funeral procession and to practice this in a display that the family wants to show that their beloved was, was really very loved, but it is prohibited in Islam. So the bidda of Isaid which is helping others in wailing is again prohibited in Islam. You know, there are some people who will support the mourner by helping them wail, or maybe they feel like they're comforting the person who is screaming and yelling, that they feel like if they join them in this act of ignorance, if you will, that they're they're comforting the person. But Allah as our Jal says in the Quran, that he has a, a reward for those who are patient. So there's no one who can comfort us more than Allah's other job. So let's avoid, inshallah, what is not permissible and, and join in what is permissible and seek the reward that Allah has promised us in the ayahs of Surah Al-Baqarah. The permissibility of weeping softly and shedding tears. So there's a serious in Islam about weeping extravagantly, but you can weep softly, you can shed tears, you can, it's permissible to have feelings. Of course, we're going to have feelings when a loved one transitions and, and leaves us. We are going to, you know, feel distraught. We are going to have to adjust to a new life without our loved ones. But there's a way, there is an etiquette, if you will, that we are supposed to behave and then supposed to act. This is indicated by the fact that the Prophet Muhammad wept for Sa'ad ibn Ubaidah and said, Allah will not punish for tears shed by eye or grief in the heart, rather he punishes for this. And he pointed to his tongue or shows mercy because of it. So it depends on what you say, guard your tongue Guard your privates and Allah will reward the patient. Another hadith. When his son Ibrahim salam, died, it was narrated that Anas ibn Balak said, We entered with the Messenger of Allah upon Abu Saif al Qayyim, who was taking care of Ibrahim. The Messenger of Allah picked Ibrahim up and kissed him and smelled him. Then we entered upon him after that when Ibrahim was breathing his last. The eyes of the messenger of Allah flowed with tears. 
And Abdurrahman ibn Auf said to him, you too, messenger of Allah? He said, oh, son of Auf, this is compassion. So even he cried as the last breath of Ibrahim was taken and his eyes were closed. He had expression and he had emotion. This is proper etiquette. His eyes watered, tears fell down his face and he kissed him and he smelled him. All of these things are permitted. Attending funerals, the thick of offering condolences, announcing death and mourning. It is makru, which means dislike, for women to attend funerals. It is not haram, it is just dislike. It is just not recommended. Women should note that reward for mentioning the hadith for attending funerals applies to men only, not women. For women, it is makru, but it is not haram. It is not haram. Um Atiyah said, we were forbidden to attend funerals, but not firmly. Al-Nawawi said, what this means is that the messenger of Allah forbade them to do it because it was makru, but definitely not haram. So if there's a funeral of a loved one that you want to attend, as long as your etiquette is in check, you can go. It's disliked, but it's not haram. There's no sin that would be upon you unless you're out of character and etiquette is not being followed. When offering condolences and what should be said to the family of the deceased, it is mustahab to offer condolences to the family and to encourage them to bear their loss with patience. Again, bear their loss with patience. Offering condolences mean consoling, you can urge patience, you can remind them of the promise of the reward that we talked about earlier, and praying for the deceased and for the family to be compensated with something better following their loss. When Allah's Awajal takes something from us, he can replace it with something better. The bidda of sitting to receive condolences. It's a bidda to sit and, you know, there's a line where there's a line of people to just line up and, and give the person condolences. Although it's prescribed and it's mustahad to offer condolences, that does not mean that one should sit to receive them or gather to enter condolences as widespread practice among people nowadays. Rather, sitting to receive condolences is ignorant and reprehensible innovation, which is condemned in the text and denounced by the scholars who spoke harshly about it. There is also a bidda of offering food to mourners. Even more serious than the bidda of sitting to receive condolences is the bidda of making food for the mourners and offering them drinks such as coffee, tea, etc., And spending money on things which result in nothing more than wasting money of the heirs. Because remember the money belongs to the heirs. We'll talk about that when we look at the wills. And if you spend it on worthless things like cans of soda, drinks, food, then 
they heirs will actually be cheated of their inheritance. And this is not prescribed in the Sharia. We will go over what the Sharia says in terms of distribution of the wealth of the deceased, but buying food for the mourners is not one of the things of the Sunnah. Death announcements. What is prescribed and what is bedbath? Okay. So it should be noted that there is another phenomenon which is associated with funerals in which people may mix, which is prescribed, which is what is bedbath. And namely, we're talking about death announcements here. So the death announcements refers to notifying the people either verbally or calling out or in writing on flyer sheet, texting otherwise. Nowadays, it takes several forms, such as publishing it in newspapers and large announcements. We see that here in the Western society where we have the obituaries, for example. This is not from the Sunnah. So it was narrated that Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman said, when I die, do not announce it, for I fear that it may be a death announcement. And I heard the messenger of Allah said, Salam forbid death announcements. It was narrated that Ibn Al said, I said to Ibrahim, did they regard death announcements as mahru? He said, yes. Ibn Al said, when a man died, another man would ride a mount and cry out to the people. I announced the death of so-and-so and so. So the death announcement is forbidden and is regarded by the scholars as being one of the matters of jahiliyyah, not an Islamic matter, not from the Sunnah, but a matter of jahiliyyah, namely the kinds of death announcements, which is intended to assemble a large number of people because of the man's status. Okay, so the Sunnah, Let's talk about what it is that we should be doing. The sunnah with regards to mourning. Mourning refers to the time period which a woman spends mourning the loss of a father, a son, a husband, or a relative. Mourning means grieving for the lost one, wearing mourning garments and refraining from adorning oneself. So what is said by mourning or what is meant by mourning is that the things that you would normally wear during intimacy such as wearing jewelry or perfume or dyeing your hair using henna, hul, those, those forms of adornment, you kind of lay that to the side for right now. The sunnah that a woman should not mourn for anyone for more than three days, except her husband for whom she should mourn four months and 10 days. The hadith that supports that is that narrated from Zainab bin Um Salama that she entered upon Um Habiba, the wife of the Prophet Muhammad when her father Abu Sufyan died. Um Habiba called for perfume and she put some on the girl and put some on herself. Then she said, by Allah, I have no need for perfume, but I heard the messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam say, it is not permissible for a woman who believes in Allah in the last day to mourn for anyone who dies for more than three days except for a husband for whom she should mourn for four months and 10 days. So then Zainab said, then I entered upon Zainab, bent Josh when her brother died and she called for perfume and then put some on. And then she said, by Allah, I have no need for perfume. But I heard the messenger of Allah say, it is not permissible for a woman who leaves in the law in the last day 
to mourn for anyone who dies for more than three days, except for her husband, for whom she should mourn for four months and 10 days. So that hadith is actually repeated, narrated by two different people. And Allah knows best. Does anyone have any questions? You can unmute yourself because this is going to be the part of this talk today is going to be integrated. And even if you can get some paper and some pen for yourself so that you can take some notes, whether you want to share or you want them to be private, prepare to take some notes. So if you can get some paper and some pen, I would truly appreciate it. So that on the next part of this exercise, we can actually write out some of the things that you will see on the screen today. Okay. Bidemi Yusuf raised, has a raised hand. Yes. Salaamu Alaikum. Wa Alaikum Salaam wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. Thank you. Uh, sorry, I didn't get that part very well about announcement. Did you say it is Aram to make announcements? Yeah. When someone uh, dies? Yes, it, it, is, it is death announcements. Like here in the Western society, um, we generally have obituaries or when a celebrity perishes or transitions, returns to a law, you know, you see it on every social media platform and there's this big, massive uh, show of, of funeral. You know, say for example, like when, um, even, even from other countries, you know, America would, would be alongside maybe the UK, like when uh, King Philip passed away. Um, you know, you have these huge announcements and you have these long broadcasts that go on for an hour or more. You have this whole procession is printed across all social media platforms. Those things aren't permitted in Islam. So when a family member dies, right. like now we're in the US and someone dies there, you want to tell the people in Africa, and you right. now make a small flyer on WhatsApp and you forward it to them, is that okay? Well, when we go through the Islamic wills and testaments, they have a list of who all of the family members are who are involved. I mean, you have matters of estate, things that you have to handle legally. Um, you can tell the imam of the masjid, um, you know, organize, you know, the funeral rites of the Muslim. The Muslim does have their funeral rites. And then we, you know, perform those funeral rites. So people at the masjid, you make an announcement, you know, subhanAllah, you know, sister or brother so-and-so, you know, transitioned today, we need to make the, the, the prayer, the janazah prayer on our Muslim brother and sister. That's different than, okay. than the, the whole parade and show, okay. of, you know, the horses, you know, and you have, you know, country flags and you have people lining up on both sides and it's all over social media. People wait, you know, it, it's, it's, that's what the hadith is talking about. Okay, okay. You, you see you. what I'm saying? Yes, I, I got it now. Thank yeah, you. So, so to fulfill the rights of the Muslim is definitely permissible. Obviously, we're going to have to let people know in the community, especially since a lot of us don't live like directly around the masjid. We may have a WhatsApp group, a masjid WhatsApp group, but we aren't going to do this entire, you know, entertaining, um, you know, in some countries I see on YouTube and I believe it happens that there are people who have what they call life parties and they do them here too. We had a, at work, we had someone announce a life party for one of our coworkers 
And in this life party, you celebrate the life of this individual. They're watching, um, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're gathering for a party like, like they would, you know, we don't celebrate birthdays, you know, in this manner, but they're gathering like, uh, like a birthday party for the one who's deceased. And they're going to talk about all of the good times they had. They're going to watch videos, do a slideshow, watch movies. You know, they're sending out, uh, uh, you know, they're sending out, you know, cards and, and invites, if you will, whether they're digital or physical, so that you can come to this party and we can talk about how great this person was and we're preparing food and we're feeding the people. Those things are not permissible. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Uh, Dr. Yusuf for the great question. And uh, thank mm -hmm. you, Sister Muzanzam for a wonderful um, explanation, mashallah. Is there any, uh, Adit, uh, Sister Muzanzam that support uh, the statement? I uh, think I'm a little bit lost. Is uh, any statement or Adit or, um, I know you did in the presentation, but is there any way that you can pull it up for the factor check so that uh, um, so that uh, the sister can can see that statement also? Is it uh, is it a subject of uh, controversial? Is it a majority of a scholar viewpoint or no? He he said it as if it was an absolute. He didn't say it as if it was controversial okay. and um he referred to uh, Bukhari mm -hmm. and uh, in Bukhari it says a man announcing a death to the family of the deceased himself in mm -hmm. this chapter Al-Hafiz Ibn Hajar may Allah have mercy on him said what we learn from this understanding is that it's not entirely forbidden to make death announcements rather what is forbidden is what people do of the Jahaliya what they used to do because they would send someone to announce the death of a person at the doors of the houses in the marketplaces. So you're looking for groups of people who would not otherwise be there, but to try to amass a massive population. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Right. So that's from Bukhari. So you're going into the marketplaces and this is the Hadith from, you know, almost, you know, from 14, more than 1400 years ago. Mm -hmm. Today with social media, we have, you know, maybe a basketball player transitions and how many millions of people are watching this funeral? Mm -hmm. None of these people are performing the rights. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. And when you get a chance uh, in our chat group, the um, WhatsApp group, mm -hmm. you can put the reference of the, uh, the Adit on the Bukhari web volume and then we can also take it from there, inshallah. Right. Thank you so very much. May Allah reward you. And that being said, I would like to also um, make a lot of clarities in terms of uh, um, why a Muslim woman is forbidden to go to the funeral. It's not, it's not a forbidden, but it's not allowed. A permiss is not a requirement or recommendation, meaning that the re recommendation can be stay, don't, don't go, instead of recommending them to do. But if they do, they did go, it's not a haram. But the reason being very simple, because when women's going there, they um, tend to, you know, like a wailing, um, um, lamenting, screaming, crying, some of them tearing their clothes off of them, you know? So those are the reason why. But if the woman can contain themselves, especially in a loss of her husband or her spouse or 
anybody. And then she can contain herself knowing, as a sister Umuzamza mentioned earlier, to Allah we belong and to him that we return and know the limitation of that without having extravagant you know, behavior outrage. Then those women can go. But uh, women who think that they are fragile and they cannot, and then they're gonna be screaming and then they're gonna be jumping and they're gonna be, you know, so they're not allowed to go. So that's a little clarity there. Um, Another thing is that not only that is also bidder. It's a bidder, meaning that is innovation, very forbidden, and it's called ishad. Ishad is a helping order in willing. Yes. Let's say this woman already lost her husband or vice versa, and the person is mourning, and then come a group of friends, so-called friends, and come in and laugh, crying more, especially you see them at the mosque the day that they burning or during Janazah. The lady is containing herself. And then the sisters coming around her, <laughs> they crying, jumping, oh, you know, all those things. Those people is a really, really is a crime, you know, and, and Allah is dislike that behavior. So those people also are severely punished. So the good news is here is that we have to hold on the Tawid, understanding the decree of Allah. No single human being know that they're not, we're not gonna stay here forever. We're all gonna die. So understanding that, holding on that, holding this as a test from Allah, okay? Where we can say that everybody stress, right? But the coping strategy does well make a difference between somebody to stay on their stress and heal up and then somebody else to move to psychosis. So is the, how do you cope with that? That's where the problem is. That, that, that's what, it, what is the, the issue here is a, how do you deal with it? So allow one has to know that this is inevitable. So to accept it and deal with it the way he described, it prescribed us to deal with it. But we don't know, we all don't know all that. So we should be patient with those sisters who does not know. Now we are privileged to understand that is not recommended. When I read that first, I say, what? Somebody die, you can't cry? Well, he didn't say you can't cry because Prophet of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he cried. And then when the Asabi asked him, Prophet of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, why are you crying? He just said, I'm not crying because Allah taken it away. I'm crying because of the loss. You know, so it's kind of deep. You know, I'm trying to paraphrase the hadith, you know, because I can come up with it from my heart to just explain. But that being saying, some of those things we need to understand. And another thing that is, I believe Sister Umzanzan talked about it last week, uh, because the last week was a deeper presentation, was having people coming. Somebody already loves somebody, they, they love their loved one. And here come people in her house or his house, waiting for them to be fed. There is no food. That's what we do in Africa. Eh? The person has already lo lost their loved one and people who come to his or her house expecting to be fed. So Islam said no. Three days, that person shouldn't even put a fire on her house because the food should be coming from outside to feed them, not all the other way around. And we mm -hmm. see somebody lost the loved one and the, after three days or four days, which is another subject of controversial because when somebody died the day that they're burying them, that's it. 
There is no other prayer. There is no three days. There is no four days. There is none of that. But we get so accustomed to it. We've been doing it. And that's the time. And there is no such as 40 days. <laughs> there is no such a one year anniversary. And this is a controversial in my own house right now. 10 years, we celebrate our grandfather died 10 years. I said, what is that? But because we don't know, we're still learning. So there's no such of those. But what is important to know is that there is no, sub, the person at the three days or four days, which is a popular, uh, our most popular action to bring food, the person to organize cooking food, either to bring it to the masjid for people to gather in and start eating, you know, and have like a little small party. Oh, my mom died one years ago. Now I'm gonna do a gathering for her, like a Christian. We meet imitating other people who are not believers. Those are not accepting Islam. Just try to bring that up also because it's a, it's a lot going on right now in our community, and that needs to be stopped. Just home zamzam. Alhamdulillah. Does any other sisters have any testimonies or anything that they would like to say at this point? I would like to call on Mama G. But besides Mama G. She has a story for us, but besides Mama G, is there anyone else that has any questions or any statements? Yes, I have a question. Yes, ma'am. Uh, my question is uh, it's not allowed to, like you said, to uh, remember the death after a couple of 40 days, you know, like we do. But is it allowed to pray for them? to pray for them, to gather people and pray for them. Is it allowed? No food, no, no celebration. No, it's not allowed, Sister Kairat. Thank you so very much for the great question. Absolutely, it's not. And it's very shocking because it's the reality that is not been practicing in our community. It's not allowed. What is allowed to do is that the day that they're doing the janaza, when the people come to that janaza, that day that they pray for that death, that's the first and the last gathering. There's nothing else. That's a strong opinion, subhanAllah. Nothing else. Now, what is the permissible is well? You go home and pray for them, Sister Kairat. Thank you very much. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Thank you, Sister Kairat, for that elaboration. Sister Khadij. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Beautiful. How are you? Assalamu alaikum to everybody. I'm just I'm just here listening. Um what you guys are saying about the dua stuff. And I just experienced it like what two, three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I went to Africa, my older sister passed away. They were trying to do all that stuff, buying this, doing this, buying drink, buying food. I was telling them, you know, it's too much. Everybody wanted to beat me up. I end up being quiet. I was crying. I just end up sitting on one side and let them do whatever they got to do. That's why I was just listening and laughing over here. It's very, very hard to take that out of us, especially people from Africa. May Allah have mercy on us and change us. That's it. That's all I can say. Thank you very much for the information. Alhamdulillah. So now we have eight minutes left. Alhamdulillah. We are going to 
move to uh, Rabbana Duas with Sister Zulfa. Um, as far as the two references um, that you saw on the screen, I am going to put them in the chat or I can put them in our WhatsApp group. One is from Isna and you can type in, you can do a Google search and you can put Isna Wills and Testaments and it's a filler, it's a PDF filler. So you can actually type in your information on the screen. And then the other one is something that you uh, just download and print, and then you just fill out the will and testament. But mashallah, this one gives some good um, support in terms of uh, the etiquette of how we should behave, the instructions that you should give. Um, here's the sharia of uh, who gets what, uh, listing all of the debts that has to be paid before the heirs get their uh, portions and shares uh, and any appendices that you may attach. And really, when we go through our Islamic rule and testament, there's a hadith that says we're not supposed to go more than two days without it. And I know many of us do not have this. And there are a lot of things that we don't think about. And especially if you're in the Western countries, um, it sometimes is very difficult to get access to your bank accounts, um, to the information that you need for your deceased loved ones so that you can settle their debts and um, you know, not leave the money with, uh, you know, with other people who would take it if there is no will in place. So um, I can send this resource to you. I'll put it in the chat. I um, will put it also in the WhatsApp group. And for this other one, the PDF filler, you can look up ISNA wills and you can actually fill it out. I think that document is about 28 to 32 pages, very long. And the entire um, Sunnah and the laws of Sharia are listed in those documents. So with that being said, I am gonna turn over to Sister Zulfa, who is going to work with us on the beautiful Rabbana Adua and give us our closing du'a, inshallah. Sister Zulfa? Inshallah. Naam, wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah wa shukulillah. Hamdan kathiran taiban mubarak Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. Mashallah, tabarakallah. Thank you so much, Sister Umu Zamzam and Sister Nahila for such an important and informative presentation. May Allah make it a beneficial knowledge for us all and others as well. Alhamdulillah, hamdan kasiran taiban mubarak fi. All thanks to Allah for all his blessing, either apparent or hidden. All thanks to Allah that he has kept the doors of dua open for us. All thanks to Allah for blessing us with so many Rabbana duas, which are duas of the prophets and the pious. And they, the, they, the prophets are role models and the best example for mankind. As we can see through the duas, one can gain so much in terms of their destiny involving dunya and ahira. Allah SWT said in the Quran, Surah 2, verse 186, and when my slaves ask you, O Muhammad wasallam, concerning me, then I am indeed near. I respond to the invocation of the supplicant when he calls on me. As we can see, this verse, among others from the Quran, shows the importance of making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our creator, and also show that Allah truly accepts our dua. 
So inshallah today, I'm, go I'm not going to add on to the weekly Rabbana Dua that we usually do, but rather I will review three of them and give you a little bit of backstory about the Rabbana Dua, inshallah. So the first one I will do will be Surah 2, verse 127. It goes as I rajim Rabbana taqabbal minna innaka anta samiul alim. Meaning, our Lord, accept this service from us, for you are the all-hearing, the knowing. This is the dual prophet Ibrahim, alayhi salatu wasalam, which he recited after building the Kaaba with his son Ismail, alayhi salatu wasalam. For me, what stands out from this dua is that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us the ability to do a good deed, it is also important to make dua to him, to accept it. All right. The next one is Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 128. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Rabbana waja'alna muslimaini laka wa min zuriyatina ummatan muslimatan laka wa arina manasikona wa tub alayna innaka anta tawwabur rahim. Meaning our Lord, make of us Muslims bowing to thy will and of our progeny, a people Muslim bowing to thy will and show us our place for the celebration of do rights and turn unto us in mercy for you are the of returning most merciful. This is actually a continuity of the first dua of Nabi Ibrahim as he's recited date after building the Kaaba with his son, this dua basically showed an affirmation of faith in Islam. It is also a prayer that asked for the success of the entire ummah, the Muslim ummah, that is. The third and last one for today is the dua from Surah Al-Baqarah still, verse 201. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Our Lord, give us in this world that which is good and in the hereafter that which is good and protect us from the punishment of the fire. This dua is one of the best dua any believer can recite for it's asked for good in this world while not forgetting to ask about good in the ahirah. I'm pretty sure this is one of the most favorite dua to a lot of people, including myself. My dear sister, I pray may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those whose dua are accepted by him. May he accept all our effort and make us among those whom he loves. This brings us to the end, inshallah. Rabbana taqabbal minna innaka anta alim. May Allah accept our effort and purify our intention. May he benefit us with what we heard and learned today and give us the ability to practice everything we've heard and learned and share the information. May he always bring us closer to his pleasure and protect us from his anger and punishment in this life, in our graves, and in the hereafter. Amen. I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unite us all in Jannatul Surjaus. May he bless and have mercy on the entire ummah of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, for he cried for us. He cry, Ummati, Ummati. Amin, ya Arhamar Rahimin. Subhana Rabbika Rabbi Izzati Amma Yasifun.
Wassalamun alal mursalin Walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin Subhanaka Subhanaka Allahumma wa bihamdik Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik Until next time insha'Allah Hayaka Allah Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah Wa barakatuh Wa alaikum salam Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh